This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 903 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Horse people, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, Melissa Allen joins the Dressage Radio Show crew for a chat about what forward really means and whether or not your horse is connected. And yes, horses at every level need to have connection. And we'll get right to it after this message from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn here with the Horse Radio Network, and it is getting to that time of the year when we start doing certain products from Equestrian Collections, and we have one of those products with Debbie this week. Yeah, this, this week I'm featuring the Pirate Heated Hoses. Now, uh, you know, I really like winter. I, I like the cold, but I really, really hate to have to worry about hoses in the cold. I know, cold. what a pain. <laughs> oh, and you know, you have to pull them out down the hill, be sure they drain, blah, blah, blah. This is perfect. You, it has, uh, it's a heated hose, and what it is is there's a piece of that that plugs in to an outlet, and the outlet can be, the, that, that piece that goes to the outlet is six foot long, so it doesn't have to be in your wash stall, you know, if that's where you do your hoses to fill outside tanks and things like that. Um, and it is... Uh, you, you, we have them in three sizes. We have 25, I'm sorry, 12 foot, 25 foot, and 100 foot. So that should take care of any barn it is that you have. Um, it's tested down to 42 degrees Fahrenheit below zero. So, and it's grounded. <clears throat> this is something that you just heat it in, you plug it in, and within uh, just a few minutes, um, less than 30 minutes, everything should thaw out, and you should have a, a hose all winter long to fill up your outside tanks. Or, um, I have a friend who, you know, does buckets inside the stall, and you can get a long enough one and fill up your buckets in your stall. And it, I think this is going to be super and this is the first year we've offered this so we're really looking forward to um to getting uh some uh pirate uh hoses out there and i think that everyone will love them i spent a lot of time with uh with the guy who does these invented these at the show last time and what makes these a little bit different there are other heated hoses out there that have a a heated tape that's wrapped around the hose Mm -hmm. this is completely different than that in that the heating element is embedded into the hose material so that's what makes these one better and two safer than the other hoses that are out there. So yeah, that's the thing yeah. um, that I was most concerned about, and and the, these things are great. I, I think everybody who who lives anywhere north of, say, Florida, yes. <laughs> should give these a try. <laughs> Definitely, and you search for it's P I R I T. Just search for P I R I T at EquestrianCollections.com dot com, and that'll bring up all the different hose sizes: twelve, twenty five, and one hundred feet, depending on what you need. Well, Melissa, start with our trainer tip of the evening. I'm looking forward to it. Well, my trainer tip of the evening is for adult amateurs to really understand what connection means. And by that, I mean when you hear your instructor say, more forward, more forward, um, forward's a direction. Um, The direction is 
going in that direction forward, not backwards. It doesn't really explain what it means to have a horse connected. And so my tip would be for everybody to understand that connection comes from the activity of the hind leg over the back, down the base of the neck, to your hand. And by that I mean that there's really more activity in the hind leg rather than just going in a quote-unquote forward direction. In other words, you could take 10 steps forward or you could take 20 steps forward for an active hind leg versus just a more lazy leg, per se, in a forward direction. So I want to be able to explain to people how you can really activate your horse in the hind leg, and that helps create the connection to a nice soft hand. And we say that, but the hand also needs to be elastic. It's a give and take with the mouth of the horse. So it's more of, you think, more of an alive connection rather than just a dull connection or one that's not even there. Um, like the conversation we're having, you know, you talk, I talk. Uh, the same goes for the bit ring. Um, it's not one person doing all the talking and it's not dead silence either. <laughs> yeah. So kind of going along those lines. So everybody kind of gets a mental picture in their mind and um, I always I always say, tell my students it's kind of like a bouncing ball that's going in a forward direction um, rather than a, a moped that's stuck in the dirt going down and in, in the same direction. No, I think that that's okay, great. Okay, can you describe yeah. some exercises and, and some stuff that will help people with the with creating this connection? Absolutely. Um, what I have a lot of my students do to be able to feel it is on a 20-meter circle, really being able to feel that your inside leg is on the horse at the girth and really feeling that the forward connection from the active hind leg goes to the outside rein. And the inside rein is simply there for suppling and bending, um, but the outside rein's job is to tell the horse how long of a frame the rider wants him in, as well as helping control the outside shoulder so that when you use your inside leg, the horse doesn't fall out the outside transitions on a 20-meter circle from trot to walk, making sure that the trot is with a purpose, that you're trotting for a reason, and that it comes into a nice walk transition that's crisp and clean and active at the same time. The walk has to have a purpose that you're going somewhere. And doing walk-trot transitions helps a lot, doing trot-halt transitions, so that you really are able to ask the horse to step under with his hind leg and then a crisp transition out of that to trot. So nothing is ever lazy. Then there's no hesitation. When you put your leg on, the horse has to react and must react in a forward manner to really get the crispness of the hind legs that we're looking for. Another exercise is shoulder in to a walk or halt, maintaining the shoulder in position back to the trot. This increases the inside hind leg up underneath the horse's body, so you're able to activate that inside hind leg even more by doing transitions. And you can do the same transitions in canter, canter to trot or canter to walk transitions. Those types of transitions come from the inside leg. You want to feel like you have a shoot between your legs and you want the energy to go straight between your legs, but you want to feel it come up the outside rein so that you really feel the shoulders staying up and in balance and level. No, I think that that's a great, a great, you know, a visual and, and a feeling. So tell us a little bit more, like when you feel a horse is connected, you know, feel is one of those things that we can talk about all day long and what you feel and what you describe is different. But can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what do you feel when the horse is connected? 
Sure. When I feel a horse get connected, um, I feel, first of all, the activity of the hind leg is, is elevated from when I, like, say you warm up and the horse is just loosening its muscles versus when you're really getting into the work, that you should really be able to feel the hind legs quicken behind you. In your hand, you want a nice connection. You want to feel the horse's jaw, but you don't want it heavy and you don't want it non-existent. So basically what you want to be able to feel is that you can you can use your ring fingers and your wrists and your elbows in suppling the horse and being soft in your body and soft through your arm down to the horse's mouth, but that the horse is pliable in your hand, that I could flex a little to the outside and flex a little to the inside. If I don't quite feel the horse enough into my outside connection through the body, I'll, I'll sort of tip the ear to the outside, so to speak. So it's not an overbending to the outside. It's simply just being able to work that jaw a little bit and be able to say, can I straighten my horse? Can I flex him to the inside? Can I flex him to the outside? And by flexing, that's sort of the, if you picture mentally what I'm saying is the ear tips a little to the inside and the ear tips a little to the outside. It's more working the jaw and the pole, not necessarily overbending the horse's neck from his withers forward. You want to be able to feel like you can have that horse pliable in your hand. Once you feel like he's pliable in your hand, then your horse is connected. But you must have the hind leg coming through in order to get that feeling. I think a lot of people focus on the horse's quote-unquote frame or outline, but they forget about the hind legs. And that's what creates that connection is, is the activity of the hind leg and the push from behind and forward. And any horse can do this. Any horse can achieve it. It's not just the FEI horses. Um, or, you know, you talk about young horses. Young horses can start to learn how to be more developed in giving you that connection where they meet you in your hand and they're soft. But you, again, keep that connection alive that you can play a little inside and play a little outside and you feel them really give to the jaw and to the pole. And until you feel that, your horse is not honestly connected. Can you give us a little idea about the difference? Uh, we talk about this a lot, but the difference between activity and speed because it's it's hard for um you know introductory riders to understand that difference that we we don't necessarily uh want the horses to be running around the arena when we ask the, when we ask them to go, go forward or when we ask the hind leg to get quicker it's you know again there can be a lot of problems with uh, horses that are rushing around maybe you could talk about that for us a little sure. bit sure um, absolutely the biggest difference for me in in tempo versus activity is the fact that the horse in a, in a quicker tempo, uh, go back and go to if I can rewind back to the steps, you know, you can, you can walk 10 steps in a line or you can walk 30 steps in a line. The activity comes from the bending of the joints. So if you have a horse that's going to be fast in the tempo and they're just moving their legs kind of up and down like a sewing machine, you're going to have a faster tempo than you would with a horse that has a more active leg and really comes underneath itself and pushing. And I, I, when I picture an active leg, I picture the thrust of the hind leg and the push forward to the hand. And when you have a quicker tempo and, and a trot, per se, and, but they're still slow and they're not really coming under and their pelvis hasn't rotated under, they're not pushing forward, that's when you get more of an up-and-down movement with the leg. And I've seen a lot of horses that have a lot of activity up and down, but they're not really coming under. And there's a big difference there because up and down doesn't necessarily mean more ground cover. And so when I think of an active leg, 
you do have more ground cover. Now, saying that again, I'm going to increase the tempo on a horse, say, that's doing a canter pirouette. I'm going to, I want the, the canter hind legs to be quicker in tempo, but they still have to have the sit. They still have to have the active hind leg. It's just where you're putting them, for me, in that type of situation that makes the difference. Can you maybe describe um, any um, training tips for getting activity instead of speed or instead of faster tempo? When we talk about, I think this is really important for training level and first level horses to understand that because uh, I think we can all make horses a little bit fast and a little bit nervous, um, but that's not necessarily showing a lot of carrying power or or it's not helping the horse to understand to put the weight on the hind leg. Is there is there anything that you use um, for your own training that helps with that? I do. I do a lot of lateral work. When I, when I have a horse that has a, a tendency to be faster, um, I usually nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, find that there is tension. And, and the tension is what causes a lot of the the uh, tightness in the back, which prohibits the horse from being able to come under and take a longer step. So a lot of lateral work, and I lateral work like um, leg yields, uh, shoulder ends, head-to-the-wall leg yields, anything that's going to help the horse cross its back legs, um, be able to really swing through the pelvis. Um, when you picture a leg yield, it, you know, the shallow leg yields, some people get from point A to point B, but they're doing it very quickly, and the horse never does cross its legs. Take that back to the walk and make make the walk leg yield really feeling like you can cross that inside hind leg over the, other, the outside hind leg so that you start teaching the horse to become laterally supple. When you're able to have a horse that's laterally supple, you can put the leg wherever you want it. And I think a lot of times when you have tension in the back, that lateral suppleness really comes through and it really teaches the horse that it can move in a different way. It can be soft through the body. And like I said, you know, normally when I have a horse that's tight in the back, you have the faster tempo, you have the running, um, the racing. So you want to create horses that are, have a natural tendency or that come from tension to move that way, you want to be able to teach them a different way of moving. In other words, you want to be able to say you can move bigger through your body and step more under through your body. And I do that with doing lateral exercises. The other things I can do from the walk that are good, turns on the forehand, um, turns on the haunches. Those all create the horse to step over. And then you start to learn where the horse's feet are. You start to learn where you want to put the leg, and it teaches the horse where you want to put the leg. And I think that's where a lot of people succeed um, that have horses that are naturally quick like that, and it also helps relieve the tension. And once a rider feels that they can relieve the tension through the horse's body, it always opens up the horse's body, and they always want to move in a different way. And, And it's a completely different feeling than just sitting there and riding what the horse gives you. You're telling the horse where you want him. And I think a lot of horses respond to that really well because a lot of horses don't know. You push it forward, it goes, okay, I'm going to go faster. And and so by teaching it to say, no, I don't want you faster, I want you longer stepping so that the stride gets longer, you start dictating where the horse is going to go, not just in a direction, not just a 20-meter circle, literally you're dictating exactly where every foot of that horse is going to fall. 
going to say those are really good points. And I think, you know, when you're teaching lateral work, a lot of riders that have a little bit of trouble with with contact and connection, where this kind of conversation started, I just wanted to kind of bring it back to that. Um, is that you know a lot of times you have to ask the horse to wait to go a little bit sideways, or, you know, a little bit yes. in the leg or the shoulder in, and that helps the rider understand that a little bit of contact, you know, um, can help the horse to understand and help the rider to um, direct the horse where they want it to go. So I'm glad you brought up the point about doing that lateral work because lateral work, you know, you you have to kind of steer a little bit more you're not not necessarily pointing the nose where you want it to go but really just create a little bit of resistance to help the horse understand just don't get faster off the leg but go you know a little sideways a little bit over here or a little bit over there and through that i think they can they can uh, really learn to bend and and use your bodies and all those great points that you were talking about so i just wanted to kind of add my two cents to that and coming back to that again, you know, moving a horse laterally, it is about, you know, whatever's going on behind the saddle, in front is where you feel it. Um, you know, I kind of say it's kind of stupid, but it's funny because everybody remembers it. You know, you can sit in, in a car all day long and turn the steering wheel, but if you don't have an engine, you're not going to go anywhere. You know, and it's sort of the same thing. If you're not paying attention to what's going on behind you or if you're not able to feel what's going on behind you, um, then you're going to have a tougher time in the connection. Once you start feeling like, okay, I can feel the inside hind leg step over, then your outside rein comes into play. And then you're able with your inside rein to say, okay, bend a little bit and supple a little bit. You know, they all work together, but it starts in the hind end. And if you have a horse that's moving quick, um, you can ask them to wait. Sometimes you have to slow the horse down to teach them how to swing. And I think that's the misconception. It's not just that you have to run the horse off its feet or do a leg yield in a fast tempo. You have to be, you have to have the horse adjustable. And by adjustable, I mean really listening to your seat. And I think that's where riders really need to understand that they're the ones in control. Every time you're in the saddle, you're training. And so being aware of what's going on underneath you is the first step. Being able to fix it is something else. But being paying attention to where and what you're trying to accomplish is going to, to just skyrocket your riding. Because once a rider realizes, oh, my horse is running, I need to slow it down and then ask him to move sideways so he can learn to swing. Not just do a leg yield with a horse that's going really, really quick behind. Or the other version, a lazy horse, where they're on the ground so long. And, you know, you even have really nice movers, but they're really long. They need to learn how to quicken and come shorter. All of these exercises help that. So either situation, you have great exercises that you're able to put your horse into that will help for different reasons. Yeah, no, I love it. You just brought in the lazy horse. I was going to I was going to bring that up. That was going to be my next comment was, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of riders chase a lazy horse. Instead right. of them getting quicker off the ground, they just get faster. And that's yes. that that is a huge problem when your trainer may say slow down. Well, actually, they don't necessarily mean slow down and have your horse be behind you or be lazy. They just mean that you're pushing the tempo too much and the horse won't be able to get quicker behind. So I loved right. how you brought that in because I think that that is a, you know, your horses are either one or the other. And so it's nice right. to be able to kind of have a way to, to think about both. So that was well, great. Yeah, I mean, we would, all, we would all love to have the perfect horse that has the perfect tempo and the perfect <laughs> rhythm. And, you know, I mean, that would be great. Um, it's not our ideal world. 
Um, and there's a lot of amateurs that do not have uh, five days a week with a trainer watching them. Um, and for those riders, I highly suggest you have a buddy, a husband, a friend, whatever, video you and really watch how your horse is moving. Is it slow? Is it a slow mover? It can be fancy, but it also can be slow and, and covering too much ground. You're in, they're on the lazy side, but you know, those long lofty legs are not going to get you to the FEI ring because you have to be able to shorten the horse. And if you picture your horse 12 feet long, it needs to be 10 feet to really collect. You know, you have to be able to, to start packaging your horse and that all starts with the hind leg. And then again, what, ha- what happens in front of the saddle is a result of what's going on behind you. And so I think, you know, like I said, those exercises can help either horse um, in either direction. But, you know, for, for an amateur, even if it has a trainer, to do a video is very eye-opening. Um, you see, oh, my left hand's up a little more. Oh, I'm leaning forward a little bit. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, my horse isn't crossing over. Oh, wow, his tempo's faster than I really thought or it's slower than I really thought. You know, and there's so many educational videos now and tools out there for people to be able to look at and compare to that I really find that very helpful. I mean, I video my students all the time because I want them to see what we're doing and how it changed. Yeah. And I think that's huge. No, oh, I think that's great. I think that's and and uh, it was actually we brought it up this uh, last week in the instructor certification. How even having an iPad, uh, iPad or or a cell phone that you can just take a quick video is sometimes yep. very helpful. And so I love that tip as well. That is yeah. great. Yeah, and for us trainers, it helps us because it's like, okay, I really did tell you a lot to put your hands down. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, you know, like you said, you can say, say and then the light bulb goes off and it's, and it's great. So, right, that, right. Great tips. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the radio show. How do our listeners find you? Uh, Melissa Allen, Dressage. I have a website. Um, I do clinics in the Midwest as well. Um, and then just give me a call or shoot me an email. Well, that pretty much takes care of it. You can find lots more tips on topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people on horsetipdaily.com. Just look for the topics drop-down menu on the left. And you can listen to the Dressage Radio Show at dressageradio.com, where you can get all dressage geeky, with Philip and Reese, and enjoy the Fleeceworks Trainer Tip of the Week in its natural environment. And you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go now with our new free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. And Equestrian Collections today's sponsor has the Pirate Heated Hose. Need one of those this time of year? Have a great day, folks. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.